as the leader, you owe it to the people that you are leading to clearly provide expectations, uh, give the resources necessary for them to succeed, but then holding them accountable as well. Hello, welcome to the Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Well, hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Better Outcomes Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions. And if you run an innovative healthcare company, maybe you have a technology, a piece of software, a device, or you're just a an innovative healthcare organization and you are looking for a way to tailor your value proposition for your targeted uh, healthcare stakeholder, then check out the Healthcare Positioning Alignment Workshop where we help you do just that. <laughs> we help you answer the question, value to whom? Obviously, you don't need to be a, a rocket scientist to understand that healthcare is extremely complex. It becomes more complex when you talk about trying to tailor your message, your value proposition to that healthcare market because there are four different stakeholders in the healthcare system, right? You got the payer, the the provider, the patient, and the policymaker. And depending on who you're talking to or who you want to talk to, you need to be able to tailor your message so that you hit those value points in a way that's going to ring home and ring true to them. So if that's something you're interested in learning more about, you can check out the Healthcare Positioning Alignment Workshop, and you can do that at positioning.rehabupracticesolutions.com. That's positioning dot re or positioning dot rehab you uh, practice solutions.com so that's rehab the letter u practice solutions.com or just go to the show uh website betteroutcomes.show click the link on through to rehab you and then it'll be there you you can't find it um i mean you can find it you can't miss it <laughs> all righty so this week um i am again going solo uh, because I figured this is one of those topics that probably warrants a discussion in and of itself. Um, and maybe if this is something interesting to you and you want a, like a deep dive with a with another expert in the field, maybe an HR expert or something like that, um, shoot me an email. Uh, let me know and I'll try to hunt somebody down. Basically, the idea for the show and the, the, the point of the show, the title of the show, I think I'm going to name it something along the lines of, Go ahead and fire that employee. <laughs> so this has come up a few times. I saw a couple um, threads on some social media groups that I'm involved in, and then it came up in a couple client calls this past week where, especially in the startup world, um, some of my my startups that I'm working with, you know, they're building a team, and it's a lot of times you're bootstrapping it. It's a small team. You need everybody on that team to be pulling weight. Hopefully, you've been very judicious about your cap table and you haven't gone messing with that too much, But and, and that does make it a little bit more um, complicated. But let's just say you're a small team, you need everybody to pull their weight, and there's one person or a particular employee um, that isn't for whatever reason. Maybe they're not meeting expectations. Maybe they're um, – hopefully they're not doing anything super – like easy to fire them, like unethical, like stealing from the company or lying to people. And yeah, you know, obviously 
that one you should fire, not think twice about. But the conversations I've had recently over the last couple of weeks have been with somebody who's they're in a they're in a position of leadership at a at an early stage startup um, where this with like a small team. Like I said, it really matters that everybody's pulling their weight, and they have this one person because it's a small team. They have relationships with everybody, and the one person on the team is consistently not meeting expectations for whatever reason. Um, maybe they're not hitting benchmarks for activities being done or deliverables being turned in or, or whatever it is. Um, the the question goes along the lines of something like this. Um, this person, you know, I feel bad letting them go because this was one of the first hires that I made. Um, they have the experience that would be necessary for them to succeed in this job. Like on paper, they should be doing really well. However, they're not. Since they've started, they've accomplished almost nothing of, of what I expected them to accomplish. Um, they spend time working. Like I'm paying them for to do work and I'm not seeing any um, ROI on that work. Um, I'd know I'm like in like down deep down if we were at a big corporate uh, company or something like that, they would have let this person go a long time ago and not thought twice about it. I just feel bad because we have this relationship and whatever personal situations, right? Like maybe they're a single parent or maybe like they left a good paying job to come here. Um, whatever the case may be, there's all these reasons that make it difficult for this person in leadership to have, you know, I've been calling it this for years uh, and it's not uh, anything proprietary to me, but that crucial conversation, right? There's a book called Crucial Conversations uh, that we, they made us read when I was in the senior executive leadership development program for the VA. And uh, so I talk about that all the time. Oh, like, go have a crucial conversation. But for whatever reason, um, the the leader that I'm speaking to or the person that's that's over this team member that's that's managing this team member has a hard time um, pulling the trigger so to speak and the question comes up with uh, comes up along the lines of like how do I go about firing this person um, so I figured this is obviously since it's happened a few times over the last couple of weeks this, this is not a, a a conversation that's unique to this one organization that I'm working with or this one person or something like that. This is probably a broader spectrum that I figured I've got a little bit of insight on this um, from a couple reasons, uh, from a couple experiences. One, I was uh, an outpatient uh, lead in a, in a department for the, when I worked for the Department of Veterans Affairs, I was the outpatient uh, clinic lead for the upper extremity specialty rehab. So I walked through a lot of those like the, the federal government is very prescriptive about the process that you take um, in order to, you know, issue disciplinary actions or even letting somebody go. You know, it takes an act of Congress literally to fire somebody from the federal government sometimes. Um, and there are things about that that are terrible, but there are things about that that I think, like the spirit of the law, if you would, makes a lot of sense. So, um, and then I also own and operate an outpatient uh clinical uh, a clinic here in Georgia we've got a team of 10 and I've had to fire people over the last couple of years um, and then again my my experience as a consultant coming in either with other healthcare organizations or with some of these um, software and technology companies as they're building their team so I've got a view of this from a few different angles and what I'm going to try to do is lay out kind of the reasoning behind and not just the reasoning behind why you might fire somebody obviously there there's some really performance is a, is a big one right 
um, but some of the steps that are leading up to it, because sometimes I feel like when you get to the point of asking someone like me, a consultant or an advisor, um, should I fire this person or how do I fire this person? In my experience, there are some steps that should have been taken in, at the beginning of that relationship or that you know employee-employer engagement that were not taken or were overlooked or were assumed to have been um, evident that weren't. And that is really the reason why you're at this juncture thinking about firing this individual. Um, so the way I the way I think about it is obviously we want to learn from all of these experiences. And maybe you're at the point where you truly do need to let this uh, team member go and bring somebody else on, on board who can can do things right for you and start off on a with a clean slate. But I also want to be very cognizant as somebody that hires people uh, hires people for businesses that I run and is in on the interviewing for, and, and selection for some of my client organizations, that expectations are, are laid out at the very beginning so that it makes the process of determining whether or not it's time to quote unquote pull the trigger on firing somebody, um, whether it's time and whether it's something that we have done as managers, owners, leaders, whatever, that have put this employee in a position where now they're going to get fired because of a, a failure on our part. So we want to make sure that that is mitigated so that when it comes to the point of it's time to uh, move on, we need another person on the team or something like that, um, we can rest at night knowing that we've done everything we can to make sure that this employee is successful. Um, so I'll start with a piece of advice that I was given actually when I bought the clinic that I bought. So I run uh, Proactive Rehabilitation and Wellness. We're an outpatient PT and OT clinic. And I purchased it back in 2020. And really early on, really early on um, I bought the clinic at a point in time where the, the owners that were selling the clinic were ready to retire. They had somebody running their front office who they knew was not a good fit for the business. Um, but they, they were at the point where they were selling and they were getting ready to retire and they didn't, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't do what they needed to do beforehand. Um, uh, but the two owners were there. They worked with us for two years after I bought the clinic. And I remember talking with one of them about this employee because I, I came on board knowing that this person was not going to be a, a good fit. And, um, I just went into like federal government mode and I'll talk about that later. And I, w but I was talking to this person after I'd done this about, um, about the need, the, the need to fire this person for the betterment of the team and the clinic and my own like, bleh. it's one thing to do it for the federal government when it's a big organization and you're kind of like following this big bureaucratic process and when it's done, the end result is the employee is fired, right? It's not a, uh, it's, it doesn't seem as personal. <laughs> that sounds bad. But we were a small team at the time and, you know, it felt like, man, this person is, it was around Christmas time. It was maybe a month or so before Christmas. I just don't know what to do. And um, this former owner said, the best piece of advice I almost have ever heard on the topic of firing employees was, quote, she said, you don't fire people. They fire themselves. You're just delivering the message. You're just the one delivering the message. And what she meant by that was, and after thinking about it, I was like, man, she's totally right. It helped me sleep better at night. If you have done your part, now that's a big caveat. If you've done your part as the leader to make sure that there were clear um, clear and measurable expectations and goals or KPIs for success, that you've um, addressed deficiencies in those in, in the, that employee or that team member achieving those expectations, 
if you've put the employee on a some co- some sort of formalized structured plan to make uh, to make right to get proficient within a clear timeline, um, and they with clear goals for improvement and what those expectations, what those benchmarks will be. And then you've met again to follow up on that plan to see whether or not that employee or that team member was able to um, meet those expectations. If you've done all of those things and the employee still is failing to meet expectations, then you need to, for the betterment of the business, for the betterment of the team, you need to let that employee go and get somebody in that position who is going to do a good job of it. Um, So all that is to say, that if you've done those things, that you're really not the person, you're not firing that person. They have done it to themselves. You've given them the opportunity to succeed. You give them the resources, the coaching, the mentorship, whatever they needed, and they failed to do it for whatever reason. Um, and I get it. Sometimes people have the, the circumstances of their lives um, are such that maybe they have a very difficult home life or things are going on personally that prevent them, that preclude them from being able to complete the the required tasks of their job um and that is difficult but at the same time there is a clear line and a clear difference between personal involvement personal relationships personal issues and business interactions uh, and business uh business relationships and especially in a small team it can be difficult to let somebody go because they're not meeting expectations because you have this relationship And a lot of times I find when I have these conversations with people and when I've thought about firing people myself, like the reason that I have, um, like I get maybe anxious about it or have gotten anxious about it in the past has been because of this relationship. I'm a very much a relationship oriented individual. I mean, obviously like the book that I wrote, Better Outcomes, A Guide to Humanizing Healthcare really is all about building relationships with patients and leveraging those relationships in order to help them achieve, in order to help patients achieve the outcomes they desire. So relationships are huge. Um, However, at the same time, what is not good, what is not just, if you would, is for a personal relationship to negatively impact the business and then all of the other people, the other relationships that are attached and associated with that business. So let me walk through some of my thinking for this this four-step process, if you would, um, and make sure, just kind of give you my thinking on it, kind of where I got it. Maybe I'll, I'll mention some resources and some books that I've read along the way that have kind of helped me with this and put this together. Um, and then we'll talk about, okay, like delivering the message. <laughs> so um, one of those things, the first the first and biggest reason I find that either I've had to fire a team member or uh, team members need to be fired on organizations that I have consulted or advised with has been this much like patients not showing up for their appointments or, or having negative experiences. A lot of times it's mismatched expectations. So before you get to the point of, okay, this employee needs to be fired, there's a series of steps that have happened before that. And much like the first initial contact with the clinic is super important, the first initial um, contact with a, a team member is hugely important because that's where you set the roadmap, if you would, for what success looks like in, in this role, what the opportunities are, what the expectations are for, uh, for performance. 
And I find a lot of times, I know I did this for sure when I was early on in my leadership and management career, like I just assumed people knew what success was in this job. And that's not the case. A lot of times we get to the point, especially I've noticed this a few times with, with some of the technology companies that I've worked with here. These they They hire somebody who's like, a whiz bang coder or somebody that's got a lot of deep technical expertise. Um, and they assume that that technical expertise is going to translate over to performance and business performance. And sometimes it, you know, sometimes it works out really well. The person is just doing their job and it's all, they're firing on all cylinders. It's aligning up. It's great. It's wonderful. Sometimes, however, that tech, that expertise is not directed towards the right goal. Um, or the right KPI or whatever KPI is being measured by leadership. And there's this expect, there's this mismatch of expectation. And then leadership sitting there like, I don't know, Rafi's a really good coder or whatever. He, sh- he should be doing X, Y, Z, but for some reason he's not. And it could be something as simple as Rafi doesn't know what, what you see as the, as the, the guidelines for success. Right? So when you, I always do this like in the interview stage, but definitely when you're offering somebody a position, a job, you should have a clear um, and defined position description is like, to me, my eyes glaze over when I think about it, because I'm used to like the federal government where their position description is like 12 pages long. (laughs) But you do want to have something that says, okay, these are, and I've gotten to this in the clinic now where I run, like this is the job description and it might be like a sentence or two, you know, you're going to be a physical therapist delivering PT care, you know, all that can jargon. It's a, you're going to basically do perform the duties of physical therapist. But then under that, I put clear expectations and those clear expectations might be around documentation accuracy. It might be about uh, utilization. I stick, I try to stay away from like uh, unit level productivity um, and I, I focus on utilization as, as one of the big things, um, revenue generation, whatever it happens to be. But there's two or three key metrics that I put on that job description that said that so the so the team member coming on or agreeing to take this role understands this is what Rafi considers to be important. And this is what he's going to be looking at, because especially if they're coming from another organization, they might have had. Um, a different a different set of KPIs or expectations that were required of them. And unless you tell them differently, they're going to default to what they've been doing for a while. Um, a, a good example of this is has always been we bring people on board at the clinic and obviously documentation, uh, timely completion and accuracy are some of those things that we look at and we, we want done. Um, but there are some organizations that are like, you need to be... Uh, point of service documentation. It needs to be done before the patient's walking out the door type of thing. And we've hired some people that have come from some of those organizations and they're like anxious because they have like a note or two, God forbid, a note or two um, from the day before that they haven't finished. And they're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll get it done, I'll get it done. And I love hearing that because yeah, I know you're gonna get it done. But at the same time, um, that's when I tell, that's when I realized like, oh, I just haven't been giving you the expectation of what I consider to be success in this area. Right. Um, and that's just like a simple example. So at the very beginning of an employee relationship, we'll call it, you want to give that employee clear and definitive guidelines and guardrails for this is kind of, these are your duties 
unless there's like other duties as assigned. Like like these are the main duties you're gonna be responsible for. This is how we're gonna measure you on the completion of those duties. And then the next steps would be like this is how we how we deal with you if you're deficient in them. One of the great books that I've read on this topic um, was uh, is Radical Candor. I'm looking for it right now. Kim Scott, looking. Um, Kim Scott is the author of it. She was an executive at Google, I think, like or maybe YouTube when YouTube was like first making money. I think that was her um, where she was at. I might be wrong. She was like in charge of rolling out like the monetization of Google or something like that, like their AdSense partnership and all that. Anyways, so in her book, she talks a lot about this idea of a lot of times by the time you get to the point where it's where you you're ready to fire an employee, if you go back and look at the history of that relationship, that employee's relationship with the organization and with you as the leader, there are probably some clear breakdowns in expectations. And because we as humans are non-confrontational, um, we try to avoid conflict if possible. We end up not having those those conversations because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. We don't want to just have conflict. Um, but what ends up happening is that like this relationship ends in a train wreck because we avoided all those little crucial conversations leading up to a massive one, which is you're fired, right? Um, and I think she tells a story in the book of like she had to sit this employee down and fire them, and this it like came as uh, a blind side to this employee, this team member. They were like, what are you talking about? I thought I was doing great. Um, and there we, there it goes. Like the, the example there is we need to be clear in our communication. Like an employee or a team member should never be surprised by a firing unless it's something like they were doing something illicit, they were getting away with it, and then you discovered it. For like performance issues, let's talk about like performance issues here. If there's an employee or a team member that is not meeting your expectations or the expectations of the team, um, and you are at the point where you need to let that person go to bring another team member on to complete the job or to do the job the way you need it done, that conversation should never come as a surprise to that employee or to that team member. They should know, okay, we've gone through the process and for whatever reason, I haven't been able to meet expectations and this conversation is probably gonna involve me packing up my stuff and leaving. Um, it should never be a surprise. So um, that's the first thing. At the very beginning of a relationship with an employee or a team member, you need to have clear, uh, clear expectations about the job roles and what, what will be measured for success. Hopefully the employee or the, the, the candidate asks some of those questions beforehand, like during the interview, so you kind of know that you all are on the same page. Um, but if not, it's your responsibility as the leader to make sure that they know that. Okay, so we've done that. We've, uh, we've laid the expectations, because that's usually the piece that gets missed. And then you get into like, well, how do, I, how do I do an employee counseling and then let them go so I don't have to pay unemployment taxes or, or whatever it is here in the US? Well, unless you've done step one, you will not be able to successfully do steps, the subsequent steps without, you know, crying and injuries and injuries, relationships and all of that. Um, okay, so that's the baseline. As the leader, it is our responsibility or your responsibility to make sure that expectations are clearly communicated from the outset, that every team member coming on board knows what their role is, 
what their responsibilities are, and then how they're going to be measured or evaluated or assessed on the completion of those objectives, right? Okay, moving on. Let's say you've done that. And now there's somebody that is on the team and uh, they're not meeting expectations. So I'm starting from the assumption that they know what the expectations are. The first step in this process, and it can, you can, it's called different things in different areas. I always go with just what we use at the VA because it sounds, it sounds official and what, from like a, maybe this is totally me reading into it, but I have found when I have had to go through this with employees that if the process is quote unquote official or seems official, it's treated with a lot, it's a lot less personal, like the the employee takes less of a personal affront when you're telling them because it is sometimes not sometimes a lot of times when you tell somebody that their work is subpar they're going to get defensive emotionally because what you're saying is like this is a personal attack on me and my performance so what i tend to do is i use like an employee counseling meeting um and i set up a performance improvement plan so the way it works is Somebody, you know, let's call him Raffi. <laughs> Raffi's not meeting expectations. We bring Raffi into a meeting and we say, hello, Raffi. You know, you've been on the team for XYZ. When we brought you on, these were the expectations. And I've been reviewing your performance over the last, whatever, two months, two weeks, three weeks. You know, I tend to try to do, like give people a quarter, like three months to kind of on, on ramp onto the position. Um, so we'll just say, say that. So for the last three months, I've been, I've been reviewing the data and kind of going over your performance and there's some clear areas where you're, where you're doing well. And then there's some areas that really need to be improved. And these are what they are. And sometimes I'll even go back to the, the job offer template or something like that, that I gave them the offer letter that said, these were the things that we were going to measure you on X, Y, Z. You're good with X, you're good with Z, but Y you're deficient in. So what I'm going to do is we're going to put you on, um, we're going to put you on a plan to get you up to speed so that you are firing in all cylinders and that everybody's happy and that you feel like you have the resources and support you need to succeed in the job. So at the very beginning, um, we give them the, this is the area where you're, um, where you're deficient in or your, your, your performance is, is not meeting expectations. The next question is, is there something in particular that you are struggling with that's preventing you from hitting this KPI? Maybe it's a metric of some kind. Um, and maybe there is. Maybe it's like, you know what? Um, you never told me how to do X, Y, Z. Or um, I have a, a kind of an understanding about this process, and I thought over the last couple of months I'd figure it out, but it seems it's still a struggle. Well, that's wonderful if they tell you that because then you know, okay, this is obviously it's something we need to get addressed. We need to we need to fix this deficiency, but at least the employee or the team member is aware of what's going on, aware of where the the, the their hangup is, and maybe I can as the leader um, provide that coaching to them or connect them with a team member who is responsible for this area, who is managing this one process or whatever, and can get that employee up to speed, right? So you ask that question, is there anything that's preventing you um, from completing this the way that, you know, it's clearly laid out, it was clearly laid out that you were going to complete it? Um, and if they say no, 
then maybe you need to probe a little bit. Well, is there, um, is there something about the computer system? Is there something about the work environment? Is, do you feel like you have all the resources and support necessary to do this? And if the answer is yes, then the following question is, okay, well, what is preventing you from doing it? Um, but maybe there's some clear things like um, they don't have access to a folder or they don't have access, a login to a, a portal or something like that. That's happened a few times with uh, employees that I've had or organizations that I've consulted with like, oh, so-and-so doesn't have this uh, this login for this software and that, so they're mis they're operating off of like, uh, three quarters of the information. Well, obviously, like that's an easy fix. Let's get them. Let's get them access, and then hopefully this performance issue goes away. Assuming that's taken care of, they're they're they've been given the resources necessary, or you've identified the deficiencies where they lack training or lack of understanding or expertise or didn't have access. You write all of that down in the plan. Okay, so I'm gonna, you know, you don't have access to this. Um, this platform, you don't really understand how to do this process. Okay, the next step is this is the plan we're going to put in place. Now, this plan is by tomorrow, you will have access to this platform. Um, and in two weeks, uh, you're going to get trained. Within two weeks, you'll get trained on this process. Okay, um, that means within the next four weeks, four weeks after the, the, the training, maybe so six weeks total. Um, our expectations that you will do X, Y, Z, whatever those, these are the improvements we're going to see. Maybe it's a percentage improvement or maybe it's a, a KPI that they're, they need to hit or something like that. Whatever that is, you're going to put that in writing. You're going to give it to the, you're going to give a copy to the employee or the team member. You're going to sign it. They're going to sign it. Everybody's going to sign it. There's signatures everywhere because I'm from the VA, from the federal government. If, it, if it's not on paper, it didn't happen. Um, so I do this for, for a couple reasons. One, um, totally uh, like self-preservation because we, as employers, especially in the United States, we do need to worry about um, things like unemployment insurance and people making a claim of like wrongful termination or something like that. You need to have documentation that shows that you made the team member aware of a deficiency that you and that you put a plan in place uh, to correct that deficiency. And then ultimately that you met again about that plan and they didn't meet expectations and were let go, but you want to be able to show that paper trail. The other reason is because these issues, again, tend to be pretty emotional. So if you are bringing somebody in um, to talk about their performance and it's going to be a negative conversation or a corrective conversation, sometimes that employer, that team member might go into total fight or flight mode. Their anxiety is going to go up. Their cortisol will, you know, course through their veins and they might legitimately um, have a different perception of the conversation than what actually happened. You know, maybe they um, they qu can't quite remember a few of the, the details or, you know, they knew they agreed to something, but they they didn't really know what because they were just they were very flustered about having the conversation in the first place. So you have it in writing and then you give them a copy of it so that after their their heart rate goes down and they're back at baseline and they're they're calm and collected, they can review that paper and see the plan and say, okay, this is where I was deficient. This is what I need to do to, to rectify that situation. And we're going to meet about it in six weeks. So as long as I'm doing my job and I'm kind of, I'm doing my part and my employer or my leader is doing their part in six weeks, it should be just a, hey, you're doing great, wonderful, keep on with the good work. 
So I, you want to do that. You want to have the, the, the employer, the, the employee or the team member themselves have in writing very clearly what the issue is or was and how it's going to be addressed. Okay. So that is one and two. Um, in the interim, after you've given the plan, I'm going to take a sip of water here. After you've given the plan out, it is then incumbent upon you as a leader to ensure that that team member is provided with the necessary resources, training, mentorship, et cetera, to meet those expectations that you laid out in that plan. So like I said, maybe they need access to a portal. Maybe they need training on a specific process. Maybe they need some like individual guidance and or mentorship or coaching in a specific area. Um, whatever the case may be, you want to make sure that you're doing that and that you're documenting that you're doing it. Um, and you do that for the for the course of whatever the the time frame is for this for this improvement plan. When that time is up, you go back. I don't know if you've got like dashboards or analytics or whatever y'all do. <laughs> I do. I, t I tend to run my my team makes fun of me all the time like Rafi's got enough dashboards and spreadsheets to, you know, spin, you know, make your head spin. But it's because I like being able to look at data and say, okay, this is this is the trends or whatever. This is we're gonna make decisions based off of what's actually happening. Okay, um, I like dashboards. <laughs> data visualization is important. But anyways, you're gonna go back to whatever kind of data you're pulling, whatever benchmarks you were looking at, and you're going to pull that specific employee's performance, the whatever the the metrics or the benchmarks were, the data for those the that time, whether it be six weeks, eight weeks, whatever the time frame you set out in that plan was. And then you're going to compare it to the time that led up to that conversation. So maybe it was like for three months um, leading up to the first three months, the performance was subpar. You brought them in, you set them on a, a performance improvement plan, and that was going to last six or eight weeks. So you're going to compare six or eight weeks to the subsequent or the, pre the previous six, eight, eight weeks and see if there was improvement. Hopefully there's a lot of improvement. Um, because the reality is sometimes you're going to get a team member that is really that really has the potential. They're really engaged. They really want to make sure that they're they're carrying their weight, that they're doing the job that they were hired to do, that they're contributing to the team in a real and meaningful way, and they just need some help to get there. And even if they're not with somebody like that, even if they're not meeting expectations at the end of that performance improvement plan, if I can see improvement, and I can see in their demeanor and their behavior that they're working towards it, then I'm going to, I'm going to make sure they're, they're staying on the team because that's somebody that I want around, right? If it's somebody that is, that that's not the case, then, you know, they, they're not meeting expectations. You can take the next step, but you'll pull the data, you'll look at it. Um, you'll take in a, if, if they're like a, if you are the the CEO or the founder or something like that, and you've got a, a bunch of people that are reporting to you as well, um, like maybe it's a a developer or something like that, and the head of product is really there, the over and responsible for their work. Um, maybe you talk to the product the product lead or something and find out what's going on. Um, but you get some data um, from what from your analytics wherever you're pulling data from for your benchmarks and then you want to get a feel for the team members that this person is working with and kind of get an understanding of is this person um, actively engaged in this performance improvement plan are they 
trying like have they demonstrated that they're really trying to carry their weight they're trying to be cognizant of it um or are they kind of flipping them out it right because that's going to carry a lot of weight too if the if the team feels like Rafi's, you know just going through the motions and he's not really there for uh as part of the team <laughs> then, then that's something you want to address as well so anyways you do all that then you meet again with that team member and you say okay Rafi. Um, we met X number of weeks ago. These were the areas that you were deficient. And um, we set this plan in place. These were the benchmarks that you were supposed to meet. You know, this is these were the action items that were on my list. And I did, you know, I got, got you access to the portal on this date. We got you the training on this date. We had a follow-up training on this other date. Um, let's look at the data. And hopefully the data says we're doing wonderful. But in the event that it doesn't, then you have another discussion. Okay, you're still um, you're still not meeting expectations. Obviously, this is a small team. We need everybody to pull their weight, mainly because we don't have the the money of like a Fortune 500 to spend a year and a half waiting for somebody to come up to speed on something. We need people to pull their weight to be able to drive uh, performance, because everybody's job. Uh, depends on it. And I've said that to, to employees all the time, or not all the time, but but pretty regularly and consistently. Like, listen, this is a small team. We're not a giant multi-gajillion dollar corporate. If one person is is acting as a boat anchor, it hurts everybody on the team. And we just can't have that. So you want to have that conversation. Um, and again, if they have if they've shown improvement, then it's kind of up to you as the as the leader to really think about how much improvement have they shown in that time? Does there look like there's a concerted effort on their part to, to get up to speed as fast as they can and there are really just some things that they need some additional coaching on? Or is it does it not seem entirely the case that they're 100% on board with meeting those expectations, right? Um, and that's a judgment call and it is difficult. You know, the federal government, when we did this uh, process with people, it was you would put them on a performance improvement plan and if the team member showed any improvement it would initiate another performance improvement plan another time frame and you could do this essentially for like it was it was like 18 months essentially that it would take to to if you if somebody was going to be fired it would take them about 18 months because it would take about 3 of these rounds of performance improvement planning before it could happen in small business um, either whether it be a healthcare practice or whether it be a technology startup you, a lot of times you don't have that kind of time, right? If you if you have somebody that's costing a lot of money or they're not um, meeting expectations around performance for 18 months, I mean, it could be it could be a serious issue. Um, in some cases, with some of the clients that I've worked with and some of the the positions they were worried about, it was like if this person doesn't get their um, get on board and and up to speed very quickly, like we're going to run out of uh, out of runway <laughs> before. Um, before we would finish, you know, three rounds of this performance improvement. So at that point, it is a judgment call and it is never, um, it's never, never super easy if the person has uh, really shown a lot of effort. Now I am of the, of the mindset, like I always tell people like, I'm just going to set a percentage in my mind of how much improvement is going to be necessary. Um, I won't tell the employee that because if you tell the team member, like, these are the goals you're going to set, but if you meet 70% of that, you're still going to keep your job. You don't want to do that because, <laughs> because then 
they're going to know that they don't need to meet your expectations. Um, but in my mind, I would think, and it would probably be based off of data and numbers, especially if it was a revenue generating position that I would need, if this was the goal, um, that I would need X percentage of that to be getting taken care of by the time we're meeting again in order to keep this team member on. And if they met that, then we, you know, we still go through the process again. We're going to put you, you know, we're going to continue your performance improvement plan um, for another couple weeks, months, whatever, to get you to that point. And we're going to support you in, in making it happen. If, on the other hand, they don't meet that, then you have the conversation of, okay, as much as it pains me to do this, you know, we've, like I said, we're a small team. Um, we can't afford to spend another three or four months making sure you get on board. Um, so we're going to have to go with somebody. We're going to have to go find somebody that can do this. Um, and again, at that point, you can discuss, you know, how much time you're going to give the person, if you're going to give them time. Um, I, again, there's, there's a lot of schools of thought on this. In my, um, in my thought, my, my thinking here is I am not going to high, like, tell somebody that they're fired and then tell them they've got a month worth of work left if it's because of performance, right? Um, I just don't, one, I don't think you're going to get much good work out of that individual. They're not, they're going to really stop pulling their weight. Um, and two, I just don't think it's, it's fair to that individual. So what I tend to do is, you know, if I can see on paper that in my mind, their benchmark, let's just call it, they were going to do, they were going to, see, you know, a hundred patients in a week or something like that. That sounds like a lot, 20 patients a day. Let's just say, uh, they were going to see 32 patients a day, eight pa or 32 patients a week. So eight patients a day for four days. Um, and they're consistently at like 20. Um, and it's not something that is a scheduler issue. It's like them as the clinician or something like that. Um, and I know for a fact, like just looking at the numbers, they're not going to meet whatever was in my mind as the, as the percentage. Usually for me, it's like three quarters. If I tell somebody like, I want you to see a hundred patients in a month or something like that, <clears throat> and you're seeing 50, um, I need you to see a hundred. Well, I'll, in my mind, well, what's 75% of 50, you know, whatever that is, like as, as long as they're upwards of that area, by the time we meet again, we're moving in the right direction. As long as they're a good team member, they're going to stay on board. If not, you know, they're going. So anyways, if I, if I can look at the data and see, okay, this is, this is not, they're not going to meet expectations um, for whatever reason. I will already start the process of trying to put, like find their replacement, recruiting and all that. And I did a, an entire um, episode, two episodes on recruiting and re retaining employees. Um, I'll, I'll link to them in the show notes, but that's basically uh, what I would do. So I'd start recruiting, I'd start lining things up. And then when it comes time to have this meeting, if the, if truly the, the team member has not met their expectations or haven't, hasn't met their, their requirements, then we have the discussion about termination. And maybe it's like, I'll let you work through the end of the week so you can get some stuff together. So you can put pieces in place, um, whatever it is. Um, there have been times where I've let somebody go and it's like, you can get your stuff and leave type thing. Um, but that, those were for some issues where, it, it was more than just performance that was that that was the the reason for their termination. Uh, but anyway, so that's kind of like the the process as I take it or as I view it. And I think is a if you're doing some component of that, I think the key of the key pieces are clear 
um, clearly communicated expectations at the outset and throughout the process, um, putting a process in place so that the employer, the team member knows, one, that this is serious, that you're tracking this, that you're watching this, but that there will be consequences if they don't um, improve their performance. Um, three, that you're providing them with the resources and the training and the support necessary to exceed or to succeed. Um, and then that you're meeting with them again to review their 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 performance over the, or their their improvement in that time frame. If you've done those four things, and the team member still is not meeting your expectations, I would almost say, especially if you run a small team, e- either in the startup realm or the small clinic space, like it's your responsibility at that point to let that individual go because they are going to negatively impact the entire team. And as much as it might pain you to let one person go, um, my wife said this to me one time, the the first time I was going to fire somebody on a small team. And she said, well, what's going to make you, what's going to help you sleep better at night? Firing somebody that you know is not doing good for the entire team or everybody losing their job because X, Y, Z happened. You know, we, we didn't address it. Things got worse and then things went out of control. Um, And not that it's always that dire, but it does put it in perspective that especially on in small teams if one person is not pulling their weight and is not performing consistently it does have a real negative impact on everybody and you need to be able to not shy away from those discussions early on to prevent that happening at the end so again a couple books that i'd recommend on this uh, topic would be radical candor is one crucial conversations is great it's basically how you structure some of these conversations Um, And then there's an older book. I don't even know if it's in print anymore. Maybe it is. It's called Managing Right for the First Time by David C. Baker. Um, Those three books I've used a good bit in in just my thinking and then some of the training that I did at the VA about how how we organize these discussions, how we think about uh, clearly giving expectations at the outset. following up with employees and team members. Like I almost see it as a leader. Like it's my responsibility to make sure people succeed in their roles. And if they're not succeeding, it is not, it should not be because I failed to do something, whether it was provide coaching or training or support or resources. Um, like you should feel bad if you, (laughs) if you're firing somebody, um, and it's because you didn't clearly communicate expectations or the employee was just never given the the information or the support necessary to um to succeed so anyways that's it in a nutshell if you have any questions um if you like the topic shoot me a note uh info at rehabupracticesolutions.com if you think i'm wrong shoot me a note info at rehabupracticesolutions.com this is one of those areas where no one likes having those discussions Uh, they didn't teach us about it in school a lot of times and it's really it's necessary, especially like I said in in the small uh, small business world where small teams require everybody to be pulling their weight. Um, you need to be in a position where, <clears throat> especially where relationships are important as well. Small teams are, are are rooted in relationships. Not that large teams aren't, but because it becomes more more apparent in smaller teams that you owe it as the leader, you owe it to the people that you are leading to clearly provide expectations, uh, give the resources necessary 
for them to succeed, but then holding them accountable as well. Because if the other team members realize that Rafi's not carrying his weight and the boss isn't doing anything about it, or the leader isn't doing anything about it, um, then those people will leave. They'll go somewhere else <laughs> because high performers don't like working with low performers. Um, it's just the, the nature of the beast, right? So anyways, that's all I've got on that topic. Um, if you like the show, share it with a friend. Um, if you really want to go leave us a rating and review, that would be great too. Go leave us a review. Um, it helps people find the show. If you want to get notified when we drop new episodes, which tends to be every other sat or every other Wednesday, um, head on over to betteroutcomes.show. There's a form there. You just fill it out. You'll be on the email list. We'll we'll hit you up um, as soon as we as we as soon as we drop a new episode. Until the next time, folks, be safe, be healthy. I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients, helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www.rehabupracticesolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.